As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's episode of The Glue Guys... What did I say? What did I say on Twitter? Nobody Brian, I said, don't freak panic. out. Nobody freak out. Everyone's freaking out. You don't do it. That's not what we do here. Measured. That's what we do here. And now the Nets are undefeated in the last two games. Nice. So, nice. you know, it's nice. Let's uh, get into the about show. That. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. NetsDaily.com. The Athletic. Get yourself on the paywall. TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. A subsidiary Ooh. of the New York Times company. Brian. Break it down. That was like Amigos the song. Nets are back. Mm. Great to be back. Um, so just uh, behind, behind the curtain here. Brian and I just didn't want to pod last week. I mean, I was very busy. And also when this team loses Dude, a bunch, the team it's like sucked. not that fun. And it was also like we sucked and we didn't have our best player. So it wasn't even like interesting to talk about why they sucked. So we just didn't do it. So I in I had made also a decision that I wasn't going to panic. You know, there was a lot of panic going on. The Nets were on a four-game losing streak. Yeah, They had looked ugly whilst being in that four-game losing streak. Um, the Thunder game was particularly startling to see how athletic and uh, devastating the Thunder seemed to be, a team that, you know, is on the rise. Mm. And f- friend of our show, Andrew Schlecht, oh. and- I, uh, Andrew Schlecht's a colleague of mine, He his uh, origins in the game of podcasting was he has a, a Oklahoma City Thunder podcast called okay. Down to Dunk, very popular show. Shout out, big shout out. He was on Zach Lowe's podcast, so if you want to hear about the Thunder demolishing the Nets, you can listen to that on Zach Lowe's most recent podcast. But it was kind of ugly days. It was dark days, four games. It was Last of Us. Have you started watching Last of Us on I watched, HBO yet? I did watch the first 10 minutes of the first episode. And it was. I started it too late, and I was getting a little sleepy, and I was like, I'm too sleepy to, to do this. To see, you, yeah. yeah. You know that feeling? You miss, you're just seeing like a, a nice dad, single dad and daughter TV show with a little dread. Yeah, that's all it, I've seen so far. There's a flip. Let me just tell you, things happen. 
You know, the, the world kind of changed. I also wish, watched the first 30 minutes of Smile. Did you talk to me about Smile? Is that part of it? No, no, I would that's, never talk that's to you about much, Smile. That's too much for you. <laughs> that's way too terrifying. Yeah. Um, anyways, I mean, the Nets, you know, they were just an ugly land. But I, I also had felt, we do this thing. We emotionally do this thing every time that there's an injury with this team. Yeah. Okay, going into Kevin Durant gets hurt. And you and I had this conversation of like, oh, they, you know, if they could be 500, that would be great. But there yeah. was a reaction out in the uh, Twitter sphere of like, oh, the Nets are rolling. They're fine. Yeah. Kevin Durant got hurt. Kevin Durant's a very good player. Mm-hmm. So he gets hurt. Then the Nets lose four in a row. While that last game, the Suns game, was actually, there's a bit of encouraging news. There's a canary in the coal mine at the end of that game. Okay. But the Nets lose before the no, everyone's panicking. I'm Kevin Bacon in Animal House yelling, don't panic. Everyone yeah. stay calm. Right? <laughs> it's deep. Dad's everywhere going to love that. that I know. I was just yeah. thinking that's like the lamest. <laughs> you know, when, when you go into Animal House, yeah. when you see a columnist big, still write about Animal Belushi House, it's like a, a couple yeah. of Belushi guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had. I was a not panic person because I had felt that this team was the values that this team had exhibited pre Kevin Durant injury had still survived. They just had to figure it out and they have figured it out. They played in a back-to-back against the Utah jazz. Everyone played Kyrie played 39 minutes and they got the dub against the jazz. Then they were playing. I think some context is needed against the warriors yeah. who had rested everyone in a game against the Cleveland Cavaliers Great on context. Friday. I was so, going to say it was not, it was an overpowered Warriors team, really. Yeah, they they were juiced Over-healed. up and ready to go. Yeah, you know when your iPhone does the th- actually you have an Android. I have an Android, uh, <laughs> but a, your iPhone will do a, a thing where if you plug it in at night, it will do a slow charge so it doesn't overcharge. It doesn't charge up your phone too quickly. This, this sounds like this is exactly the reason I don't have an Apple phone. What kind of shenanigans <laughs> is that? <laughs> That the Warriors just were just my fully phone. charged, yeah. juiced up, ready to roll. <laughs> yeah, and the Nets played one of their best games of the year in terms of that comeback. You know, you and I had talked. Um, you watched it this morning. I did, and I said, "Buckle up, buckle up," because you're about to see something that's very rare for us Nets watchers, which is like uh, a slightly undermanned Nets team against a very good team having a true, legitimate tough as nails comeback and actually pulling out the victory is it feel it's rare in the non Kevin Durant Nets yeah era I'm trying to think of like what the what the identity without KD that we can rally behind and um it feels like it's a defensive one I mean the I watched actually the the Golden State's broadcast of that game this morning oh interesting um I really tried to protect myself from the the news that the Nets had won it's not easy in 2023 Mike, oh did to, you not know did I ruin that for you no I had already it had already been ruined oh, um okay good because I absentmindedly just went to Nets Daily and there it was um so and that was stupid but um, who would have thought that on Nets Daily they would have had that had that score yeah I know um, so I blew it, but, um, I thought well, they, they remarked constantly about how good the nets were defensively, right? That was, that was the refrain constantly from, cause I like hearing the other teams broadcasters, just like it gives you a different kind of insight into what other teams think of you. Um, and it was like, by the end of the, like the second half, I mean, like Claxton and Ben Simmons were truly everywhere. And to a lesser extent, Royce O'Neal and everyone just like generally engaged on that line. And was like, Oh, is that like going to be our thing? We're just going to be like a good defensive team in just like being <laughs> entirely about that, that worldview. Uh, and especially without KD. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's the thing. I'm just looking for what, what can we be without KD at this moment? I, I mean, it, it is. If you look at the, like the NBA stats lineups and look at like defensive rating, I think 
I don't know if the NBA stats did this organically. It's either NBA stats or another site where they filter out all lineups that don't have a hundred possessions together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, if, if a lineup has had a hundred possessions, they've played actual basketball right. as opposed to, if you look on who's leading the NBA in defensive rating right now, it's buddy Bayheim. Right. Because I think he played for one minute and the and other team it. didn't and score and it. it's zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's the greatest defender of all time. Um, the like the actual best. So you would think going into that that every lineup the Nets have on the top twenty list would involve Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant has been very good defensively. He's been him and Claxton together, mm-hmm. him Claxton and Ben Simmons together. That's just like a lot of mobility and length and all that fun stuff. It's actually oddly there's two lineups where it's like. Kyrie, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Royce O'Neal, and Claxton. Now, Claxton's the constant amongst all the Nets' best defensive lineups, which should it be shocking, Defensive Player of the Year, Nick mm-hmm. Claxton. Um, by the way, for our YouTube audience, uh, my background it probably doesn't really cut through, but this is a 2005 picture of the band Panic at the Disco, <laughs> and I put up uh, the heads of Kyrie, Royce, Nick Claxton, and Jacques Vaughn, you know, don't panic at the disco will nice. be the name of this episode. Really nice. Um, but the there is this odd identity that I don't know how to grapple with, with, with the fact that like Kyrie, somehow these Kyrie lineups are not the worst defensive lineups in the NBA. In fact, they're very good defensively. A lot of that has to do with Claxton. I mean, like Claxton, I think it was in the fourth quarter. He had this incredible block where he was sort of kind, like kind of just a few steps on the in the side of the three-point line, Curry or Jordan Poole had already got to the bucket and were about to put up a layup, and he just flew in and blocked the shot yeah. and and was a, a velociraptor yeah. uh, or, or a pterodactyl, even if we're going prehistoric. Um, I have two things. One, I wanted to remember to recommend, um, because you said Panic at the Disco, and there's a mom named Disco Mommy in the TLC reality TV show uh, Milf Manor, which I have to super recommend to you, Mike. It is, I mean, that was a couple of jumps okay, to, so to that, but it's... Give me a quick synopsis of, of Milf Manor, right? I actually what, what don't. I'm not, going, I'm not going to, because I want you to be surprised when you see it, all right? I want the review. <laughs> you have to watch. It's an insane show. Anyways, um, the other part of it, too, is I started to actually see what the uh, platonic ideal of a fully realized Ben Simmons could look like on this team, Mike, in this game. In okay, this specific game. Because um, yeah. he's getting better, more fluid, you know, in, in the course of the game. But I think there's like, I kind of think of him as like a volleyball setter, you know, what, like, you know, the setter position in volleyball. (laughs) It's not like, it's not, it's usually a very short, stocky squawk, at least in high school. In in high school it is. It's the girl who's not, who's flying through the air. She's the one who's just like accurate. Solid base. You get a solid base. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wide, wide hips. Yeah. Usually the girls I kind of dated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, (laughs) so I think he's like that. (laughs) In ipso facto, Sorry, that was highly <laughs> no, awkward. No, no, no that was good. Apologize. And in a lot of ways, Ben Simmons is like a girl you dated in high school or whatever. Um, but no, and that he like kind of gets into the middle of the paint. Speaking of dating, Ben Simmons, he's been around. I don't know if you've seen his name thrown around, and his name was in the Megan the Stallion. Uh, ben Simmons try. Oh yeah, wait, yeah. I haven't seen this. Oh, well, it's too far. It's too big of a rabbit hole. But you know okay. how there's the Megan the Stallion Tory Lanes or whatever I trial mean, where he shot her. Uh, ben Simmons was one of a lover of both Megan the Stallion and her friend, and there's oh all there's, Ben Simmons is kind of his name kind of pops up in a lot of the this Ben Simmons also dated this person. 
you know, so. maybe for the VIP episode on Patreon, we can get into that because um, I do want to know more. But I, I you, ha- you have a lot of educating to do for me on this. I've been a little bit outside of the, the loop. It'd be like daily nets, daily yeah. like daily mail, but daily nets. <laughs> nice, and it's just the Ooh. just the goss. Yeah. yeah. Let's get Nuts Daily onto that. Um, But anyways, I see him as sort of like a a setter position, and then he kind of gets into the middle of the paint. And then, yeah, he doesn't like really, (laughs) seems like he's kind of like, he just does these (laughs) these quick little passes where he actually had had a really slick one in the first or second quarter last night where he even kind of like jumped, caught the pass, and did a, like a fake pass that, um, that stunned Draymond Green and, and turned him around. And I just think that like, he's not going to be like a traditional point guard and we should not like, everyone kind of knows that anyways. Um, and it's just like, okay, so how do you like get a defined role inside of that? And there is a way to do these kind of ticky tacky passes. He's so tall and he's so clever and he's just getting a little bit more deft with that. It's a weird position. It's not a, a necessary position, but it's, I think how you maximize the potential of Benson. So I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see a clearer picture. I'm starting to see, um, where like the coaching staff may be actually trying to execute on this idea that I'm talking about that I may be picking up on. Um, but my, my sense is that it's not just like him in the dunker spot on offense. It's him. It's sort of like the dunker spot extended where he can kind of be this like ticky tack hockey assist guy. It It's, it's complete. I, I, I always, when I listen to like national podcasts and they're like, they're saying about Ben Simmons are like, Oh, he's looking better. And I don't know if, I mean, I'm going to ask you, is he looking better? Because I don't know if I can agree. Like, it's just like very, it's still hard for me to grapple with who he is as a player at this point. He plays unlike anyone in the NBA. It's like, mm. there's like a slice of Jokic because of the passing, but Jokic can shoot and score and do everything that he does. And Simmons, like you're talking about the hockey assist, it's just so freakish how he'll he'll get Ducker spot extended or free throw <laughs> line extended yeah. and he'll it's dribble into it yeah. and just, like throw it behind his back or throw it quickly to to Joe Harris. He had a great there's actually a great little moment where like he got a pass in the free throw line extended, quickly passed it to Kyrie like behind his head and Kyrie did an alley oop to Nick Claxton. And for the defense perspective, they're both like sloughing off Ben Simmons but tight on Kyrie yeah. and then there's just a <laughs> vacuum of space for Nick Claxton to go and dunk the ball. It's so it must be so odd for a defense to be like, okay, two guys of Kevin Durant's playing. We're going to play as tight as we can on these guys. But then one guy, Ben Simmons, we're not going to touch him until yeah. he gets within 3 feet of the basket. The other it's thing a, too is like team. Claxton and Ben Simmons are very alike in that they can hit these weird baby hooks that hit off every portion of the rim before it goes in. Like it literally it totally hit the backboard three times and then the rim four times and then drop in. And it's always surprising to everybody, but they go in at like a increasingly bizarre rate. Um, I mean, Ben Simmons has like, it's gone up and down. Claxton has been hitting that all season, which is still like, it must be very confusing for people. Um, and it's also, do, you, hit, think, do you, you think he could like, do you think it's an earned skill or is it luck with Claxton? Like he had a move last night where he, he did like a like a spin on the I think it was the right block and a little baby hook and it was like all fluid perfect in great yeah but I still feel like it's it's like the Udawantanabe threes it's like it was a little luck <laughs> yeah. yeah okay um I, yeah it's it's hard to like I mean with this I don't know we're getting into a pretty full like amount of data that we would need to be like, okay, sure. there's like a certain rate at which we can expect this to go in. I don't know if that's, you know, at some point it was like 70, whatever percent, which that's, that's probably not it. But, um, I don't know that it's that far from it. I don't know. We can probably look this up, but, well, um, 
yeah, I'm I'm interested in the data of like you take out all dunks. What yeah. what is his shooting Ooh. percentage? Interesting. And I'm I'm pretty sure I could figure that out if you talk for like 30 minutes straight. Could you okay. do that? Yeah, I can look that up. Um, Milf Manor. Let me start episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so good. this is TLC. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. like a Discovery Warner. Uh, yeah. Greater universe. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not actually going to talk. I was. I can, I can talk more yeah, about Ben Simmons. Um, no. <laughs> actually, here's another thing that I know. The weird note that I have down is just like, did Joe Harris lose weight? He kind of looks a little bit more lithe out there, doesn't he? He's looking. I, up, did you feel I what I'm agree. saying? You're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. I. I. There's something. So I, I think he's. He's maybe the ankle injury. It's like a whole thing of like I kind of joked about it with Doctor Naraj Patel when we had him on yeah. on the uh, award-winning Kevin Durant is injured episode that we did. Yeah. You know, and like, oh, I can't stand this like lingering injury stuff with this with this team particularly. I mean, we we talked so long about go back. Let's go back to Jeremy Lin, right? His hammies. Let's go back to Karis Levert. Uh, James Harden, of course, had the the distinction of like the most devastating hammy injury of all time. Kevin Durant had the odyssey of like the Achilles. We joked about when the NBA season shut down, when we had Evan Roberts on the pod, that like Kevin Durant may play basketball for the Nets this season when they restart the season, and he still didn't. Yeah, and it's it's like, am I really going to care about an ankle injury that happened, you know, two Thanksgivings ago? Right. But he is like, there's, I, I have to give. I have to be realistic. These things probably really do affect these guys. Yeah. He's looking a little quicker and a little spry. Like to talk about those defensive lineup stats, Joe Harris is in those lineups too, where the team is, is well, doing well on defense. I, I saw it. There's a couple of possessions where he actually guarded Steph Curry, like really well, um, just like generally well. Um, and he looks like his, his body like movement looks more natural all of a sudden. Like, I'm just kind of like, I watched certain parts of the game. Um, like, you know, back over and, like, kind of scrub through it. And, like, if you watch it, um, like, faster at, like, 1.5 speed, you can, like, really get a sense of somebody's, like, blo- <laughs> like, a, like a blocky moving person. And he was starting to look really fluid. Um, I'm wondering if he, like, lost weight as a strategy to alleviate stress on the ankle. Uh, that's my... Because he was, he was fat. He was, he was, <laughs> well, have you the, now to bring in another reality TV uh, franchise alone? There's a guy named Biko <laughs> who gained 45 pounds so that he could like have a cushion to starve. <laughs> and, and, and part of his items that he brought were ankle bracelets because he was like, it's going to be hard on my ankles to be this overweight. And it got me thinking about. <laughs> About Joe Harris. Did that did that work? Like Yeah, yeah. I mean his like ankles started to hurt him. And um the ankle well he got he came in second and he didn't like catch anything ever. He just starved, flat out starved the entire time for like sixty days. catch you mean like diseases? Um no, he didn't catch any he didn't I mean no, didn't catch any food. He like literally oh. didn't catch anything to eat. He didn't eat a single he just ate like berries and, and mushrooms and that was it. Um speaking of mushrooms, this Nets team yeah. is so great. Look quick look quick quick break coming back. We're gonna talk more about Claxton, Simmons. I have a thing about Jock Vaughn. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. Let's just talk about it coming up. Let's. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back, Brian. Good to be back. Um, by the way, I'm looking up the stats that we talked about in terms of Nick Claxton. Okay. Um, he has dunked the ball. This is kind of incredible. So <laughs> if you look at NBA.com, he's dunked the ball. Um, if you add in his alley-oops, so his alley-oops, he's shooting 82% on alley-oops. He's shooting 95% on dunks, which I don't know if that's good. Like I, I feel like most dunks, they go in pretty well. But... If you combine layups, so like I wanted to, I want to see what is defined as a layup. Do you think? Because like sometimes the moves that he does right. would end up being layups on hook shots. What they define as a hook shot, he's shooting fifty percent, which I feel like it's a pretty good percentage. Yeah, he shoot, he's shot fifty hook shots so far this year. He's hit twenty five of them. That's how we get fifty percent on layups. He's shooting 67 percent on alley oops, eighty two percent dunks, ninety five percent. Bank shots, he's only taken nine. He has seven for nine of those. I mean, if you kind of look, the only thing that he's just not doing at all well from the from the field is a fadeaway, which is only taken three fadeaways, mm-hmm. and jump shots, which he's taken 13 of those. Everything else, tips, layups. I mean, really, just the vast majority of what he does, tips, layups, dunks, alley-oops. Um, but there is a, there's the hook shot. It's 50%. Yeah. And that, I think there's like a, that's a, that's a valuable skill on this team. Um I had a bit for you oh. that I wanted to ask you about. Okay. And I don't know if I want to get this antagonistic. Oh. We we should be celebrating this team, Brian. Okay? I mean, we're we're we, hurtling towards that 500 earmark that we had for these this KD-less period. Mike, we are. And we're the Nets are almost home. They are yeah. almost they have one game against actually a kind of important game against the 76ers. I think the 76ers are now technically second in the East. The Nets are a game behind the 76ers. So a dub to finish off the road trip would be meaningful. Yeah. Um, and then they get to play the Pistons, Knicks, and Lakers. Then they play Boston away. And then they have five home games. So the, the you know, this is a real this is a real way to kind of ease into it up to the all-star break, which is February 15th is their last game. They only have three road games, one of them being the 76ers coming up. The rest of them are home games. So that's a real Hey everyone, let's you know, let's get a lot of etcetera's episodes in, Kevin Durant. Right. Is that a weekly show? Uh gosh, I don't know. You think he put, it feels they, like very inconsistent. You, you think they put him in the can, is what you're saying. 
I don't know. I mean, it, I, it feels like they kind of do one every month. Mm. I mean, it's sort of like us. That's kind of our schedule at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I criticizing yeah, that? Yeah. Um, so here's my antagonistic thing, and I apologize. I have been thinking, thinking about this team for a long time. Oh. Right? Okay. And And one of the things I try to fight against is fighting its preconceived notions, carrying baggage into the takes, right? Let's look at the here and now, right? Let's be... Um, Let's be rabbits. Rabbits don't have long memories. We're not elephants. Let's be rabbits right okay. now. But also, I like to be like an elephant, so it's kind of confusing. I, I, um, I have to go goldfish with that, but like goldfish memory. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they have their memories are less than rabbits. I would of, say, yeah, but less than rabbits. Yeah. Oh. Should, can you do me a tier list? Yeah, tier of, list of memory in the animal kingdom. That would actually, yeah. I would, I would look at that for a while if you could, I'll do like that. one of those like graph yeah. charts, and yeah. it's like I a line chart. And there like I'll do a, a bunch of bunny we'll faces. Yeah. Okay, okay. Who, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. I want everyone at home right now to think about this too. If I asked you at the meeting point between between potential and likelihood of being at that potential, who has greater likeliest potential to hit their ceiling on some level. Okay. Ben Simmons or Claxton. So what I'm asking is, of course, Ben Simmons has a higher ceiling because we've seen him be an all-NBA player. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he'll ever do that again, right? And he is a good – like, if you look at the – if you look at all the on-off stats with him, he is still an impactful player in a positive sense. Yeah. You know, he, offensively, they are better with him on the floor than they are without him. They are better defensive. Like, he's – he is positively impacting on the floor, maybe not as much as he used to, but on some level. Yeah, Claxton is a little diminished as an offensive player. Like they, they are like less than one point per hundred possessions with him on the floor when he's then when he's off. But he's defensively like three points positive impact. Who do you think has a higher ceiling, a higher likely ceiling between the two? At this point, I say this because Claxton has been so freaking good, and he is a top five DPOY candidate this year. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I'm trying to think of like, you know, an actual. It's such a hard thing to do to, to like actually get a uh, another player that sort of com- you can compare to Ben Simmons. It just really doesn't exist. I was thinking about like. It's kind of like Jason Kidd on the Knicks, except like Jason Kidd on the Knicks was like good, yes. at, good at shooting threes. So that's like, or like had attacked, move the threes. That on. It's, yeah, it's Jason Kidd on the Knicks if he still couldn't shoot threes. Um, it's like Magic Johnson playing in a celebrity all star game, <laughs> you know, because because Magic isn't shooting at this point, yeah. but he he can whip passes like crazy and he can hit, he can hit Arnie Dunkey, Ar, Arnie Duncan, yeah. former head of the Department of Education under the Obama administration, he can hit him for yeah. a sweet little layup. Right. But um, I don't, you know, he's not, he's not Duncan. <laughs> Magic Johnson at the All-Star game is great. That's a really good comp. Is um, that what he looks like? Because <laughs> yeah. also the funny thing is that Simmons now is that he got hurt last night. Like he had to lay down. I don't know if he got really hurt, but he had to lay down. They had to work on his back at one point. Yeah. They brought out the Lululemon like cartons, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the cushions. Um, did you just think of that Magic Johnson? Or did you steal that from somewhere? I just thought of that. That's yeah. pretty good. That's good work, Mike. That's good, that's good work. Good field reporting. Um, <laughs> Is that disrespectful of Ben Simmons? No, I think it's. I think if you. Yeah, I think if we all know what we're talking about, I think it's really accurate. Um, I, yeah, I mean, like it's a difficult question. You've got two of the qualifiers. You know, likelihood ceiling. It's difficult. Um, I mean, hard not to say Nick Claxton's star isn't like kind of 
kind of rising. I mean, at least defensively, and insofar as that could be like star power, which it's, and we all know it's just constantly undermined the um, defensive players of this league. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, like the Nick Claxton thing is happening. Um, and he's starting to put up actual nummies too. He's starting to get like big rebound games and big blocky games. He had like a couple of nights of back to back, like six blocks and stuff like that. It's just once you start putting together st- the statistical parts of being good at basketball, it gets hard to ignore um, that you're good, Mike. That's the combination of two things. Um, so, I mean, this is, you know, it's a tif- it's a difficult to compare these two players because they're pretty different. They're very different people. Um, and Ben Simmons is unlike pretty much everybody else. But I guess, go, you know, gun to my head in Roblox, I guess I got to go Nick Claxton, Mike, just to answer your, you directly. I'm waiting to not laugh at that, the gun at the head in Roblox, but I'm always going to laugh. <laughs> so I do it. it I, do I it. think... Like, cause, like, how much better of a player is Claxton right now than Ben Simmons? Again, if you look at the statistics, they on off and all that stuff, they're actually very comparable. Simmons is more impact on offense. But when you watch the game, it's like Ben Simmons is never going to have a 20-point game. I don't know if ever <laughs> for the rest of his career. Like, what would, he's what had would a, happen? He's had a 20-point game this season. I remember it. You, you're probably right. I apologize. Yeah. I didn't look it up. I don't did know. He, who, did he? Did he actually? I don't know who who it was against, but I remember. I remember had, like thinking. Put this way. Put like earmark this this night. It happened. I'm I'm looking it up. ESPN's game log does not let me um, search filter. By, yeah, I know. Oh, what? What? They are the biggest sports media company in the world. I mean, I've been talking can't... about like ESPN's fancy. Uh, okay, fantasy. he said two. He said two yeah. games in November. In November. Jeez, Mike. Yeah. Talk about goldfish memory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. That's what yeah. I came brought to the pod. That's what I, you had the receipts. I had I didn't. No, no, I had well, I had half the receipts. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what we're talking about. If he's never going to have another, he's never going to have a thirty point game. I'll grant you that. <laughs> Is it a Claxton? I don't know, no. but it. I don't know. I I I try to think about this. The reason why I think it's important is I've been team don't make trades. Right, I've been team. I don't know. Like I think this team could use a true. Back, like backup center who can hit free throws. I think that's one of my the things I could want because what ended up happening, even in the Warriors game, is that they hack a Claxed. Yeah. And Simmons can't be at you can't have Simmons and Nick Claxton well, they didn't, in there at the end of the game. They didn't have either of them at the end of the game. Not little yeah, at both. the very end. Yeah. 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 And I worry about this team when they get into a playoff series. And so we talk about the oddity of Ben Simmons, his Magic Johnson all star celebrity game game. <laughs> Like the style of play, what he yeah. what he has in his bag, and it confuses teams. I think, and they they all understand that. Like, oh, we'll slough off of him, and you know, he yeah, he'll get his assists, but like he'll never score. So we can kind of try to guard around. I mean, like he really is impressive in terms of his passing. But in a seven game series, it's just going to become so clear of like we are going to double Kyrie, double KD, whatever. Whenever they get the ball, we're going to pressure those two guys like crazy. It's going to be on Ben Simmons. Like we're not when Ben Simmons gets the ball, we're not going to guard him until yeah. he gets to the bucket. And the the hack of Ben, the hack of Clacks, all that stuff is really going to come into play. You can focus in on that stuff in a seven game series. Yeah. We're like night to night, it just doesn't pop up that way. And you know what even would be super helpful in that circumstance? <clears throat> I'm sure this is something that Philadelphia uh, fans have been saying for for years. But really, just an elbow jumper. If you could just square up and put up a 
a Jason Collins or or Mikey Moore even set shot jumper. Oh, <laughs> you say Mikey Moore, okay? And it gets me. And, oh, I wish Mikey Moore could play for the team right now. Is he is he active? And we could, and that could really just you know then then your your zone defense isn't as um, dominant, and you just you can collapse a little bit. It's it's just really helpful, and I know that's not going to happen. It's just like it's this is stupid to even bring up, but it would really make it so that you could play deep playoff basketball, like. Speaking of zone defense, but for the Suns game, the Nets used a zone to make that large comeback. Um, that was exciting to see Jacques Vaughn going into his defensive bag. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I just, so the reason, again, why I bring it up is which baby do I want to protect, baby Ben or baby Clax? And because I, I think at some point, if Ben doesn't progress more in terms of scoring, like if he continues to put up, you know, some zeros versus and some some like ten point games, but like it really that's where he kind of falls in between, and the only buckets he's scoring is when he actually like is at the bucket. Uh, it's going to make it tough in a playoff series when you have two guys that are sort of limited. Where like Clax again, it's totally different. Claxton is just like he's getting more confident with we talk about the hook shot, making moves. He had a great. Um, he had a great like reception from uh, the the Wizards have traded Rui Hachimura to the Lakers Ooh. for Kendrick Nunn and multiple second round picks. Okay, that, that does that change anything in the <clears throat> NBA for you? I'm just. Did you want Rui Hachimura? I'm just excited about how much the Wizards and the Lakers do business. You know, I just like that they're <laughs> all the time. <laughs> they really, they really like to trade with each other. Um. <clears throat> I'm a Wizards fan, so I'm gonna have to stop the pod and yeah. just really think, really soak that in. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I want. Claxton is is the, his contract. I think it's only two years, right? But it's like that was the best deal. Can you? I, we had talked about points last year when we were like, is he like a twenty million dollar guy? Because if he's this good, this young, and then he like sucked, right? Mm. And they got him on the eleven, twelve million dollar deal. He is super valuable. Yeah. And what I. I don't want to do this, Brian. Don't but do I'm not going to say it for this, for this year. But oh, let's say the Nets don't win the championship oh and they have God. to make a big trade this offseason. Claxton is a heck of a trade piece to put into a deal because he's so versatile and good defensively. Mike, he's you, unlike you are many a sick, centers. Sick puppy. <laughs> he what, is going to be a happened? trade piece. What happened to you? Slap him in a trade with Ben Simmons. You have a you have a package. You are. You have. You're unwell mike to even think about that so you feel good about your nets you know i'm I'm just glad that we didn't make this a whole big spectacular like losing streak thing like that i'm just glad that we could avoid that talking point throughout this entire if he if we just went on like a full-blown like 12 game losing streak um that would have been on I mean, even now that we just only won the two games we can avoid that whole narrative you know even just we've done the work <laughs> we've done all the work that we need to do like am i a believer that a kd less nets team is like you know is good and like yeah, i'm just i'm praying that we can we can stay hovering around 500 until he gets back but i think we all know that the um the entirety of our of our nets identity kind of hinges on kevin durant at the moment um I don't know if you feel oh, that that's like, better like, without KD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that a, I mean, people the still, games people still don't get that you are trolling when you, when you say that kind of stuff, they just really don't. That's really an honor of Kyrie. Like the, the, yeah. I say that in honor of him because there were so many people that would say the nets that at times are the nets yeah. better without Kyrie Irving. 
when even I, someone who was pretty upset with his tweeting and Instagramming the anti-Semitic video that he did, would argue that they're better with Kyrie Irving. And I will say this, Brian. Kyrie has been incredible. He's been been unbelievable. Unbelievable. He is, I mean, sure. Like, we could... you know, there, there's good Kyrie, bad Kyrie. Like when he's putting up these ridiculous shots and missing them, it feels like he feels very selfish and um, lack, like lacking full team production. But, but when you, when he's hitting them, yeah. he's unstoppable and one of the most exciting players in the NBA to watch. And he made the pass to Royce O'Neal, and God bless Royce O'Neal for hitting that three because if he didn't, Nets Twitter would have been, you know, yeah. It would have been a dark place today, Freaking but with it, he hit it. It's a make or miss league, Brad. That's that what is. they tell you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, I mean, it is, it's, it's too, it's too bad. We didn't start the show with lauding um, Kyrie and giving him his, his due cred. Cause he's been absolutely unbelievable, Mike. It's true. And we're not here. We we're Nets fans at the end of the day, but we just want the dubs. Don't get it twisted. Never get that twisted about us. Yeah, we will sell our soul for a championship. There's absolutely easily, no question. About that. It's not worth much. Mine at least. Yours is uh, as a chosen one a little bit. Worth can, little I, bit. can I can can go down the road in the future with you for a second? Yeah. What would need to happen for a, a statue of Kyrie to be outside? <laughs> and what what type of um, sort of uh, tributes would be laid out in front of him? Oh my god! I mean, the tributes would be amazing. Um, gosh, I mean, don't get me started. I mean, I mean, what he needs would, to happen? <laughs> I mean, that statue would be like highly decorated. I feel like. Um, <laughs> It'd be the most controversial NBA statue of all time. Hopefully there's like a a place where you could like put the sage in the hand and have the the smoldering sage in the hand of the statue. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That would be actually a nice touch. What we need to happen is we we need to win a lot of, a lot of chips, Mike. Three, three chips. I think we stacked three chips and we're talking about a statue. I think we might be. uh, Him. So him, Kevin Durant. And Ben Simmons. Dame Lillard. (laughs) Because they're going to trade for a Dame Lillard soon. Yeah. Um, Mike, where do they find us? We've we've exhausted ourselves. Well, I just well, I, I know you don't watch Marvel, but like, there's a character coming out of the Marvel movies called Kang the Conqueror. He's Kang, Kang, K A N G, Kang the Conqueror, and his his whole thing is that he goes across the multiverse and creates havoc and blah blah blah. And classically, you remember think about like. Uh, Planet of the Apes or something, it'll be like, you know, you go to this alternate dimension or what you think was an alternate dimension or a different planet, and there's like a statue of, it should be the Statue of Liberty, right. but it's like King the Conqueror right. as the Statue of Liberty. That's like this dystopian alternate universe, the last of us future of where there's just a statue of Kyrie Irving outside of Barclays. But I would like, embrace that future. I would embrace on. it because that means something that mean, very that means good happened. Happen. That means we got those chips. And again, we're, we'll sell our soul for all those chips. Sorry to say um, we're in right in the middle of that. We, we're <laughs> coming back. Uh, we're going to have some trade deadline. We're, I'm going to dive deep into the trade machine and really pull out some stuff. Um, Brian, we need to do uh, Nets or uh, Glue Guys Theater coming up. we oh. got to figure out something to to do about that lots and, of fun uh, activities so many activities coming of, up we'll we'll have some guests at some point <laughs> love it. It. and join the discord.gg slash glue guys get in there all right we're out of here bye everybody bye mike say goodbye bye looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events we've got the spot our partner StubHub 
has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.